Welcome to Heartspeak Podcast, episode 229, Aligning to Truth, Above and Below. Welcome to the Heartspeak Podcast, where valuable insights are shared that bypass the mind and resonate with the heart. Listen, open your heart, become inspired, find the joy and fulfillment that awaits when you follow your heart. And now, here's your host, Dr. Christine Page. Well, hello there, wherever you are in the world. I hope you're doing well and that you're coping with the amazing amount of information that's coming into our planet at this time, consciousness, light energy, some of which is making us wonder what is the above, what is the below, who am I? And what I'm hearing from many of you that you're feeling fatigued or sleepless or sleeping too much or anxious or disorientated. And this is all part of what's happening in our world. It feels very topsy-turvy, doesn't it? And what I want to work with today is how to find an alignment to a truth, which will at least keep us relatively stable during these tumultuous times. So at the end of the podcast, I will be offering a meditation that will help to align us to our root chakra or earth child chakra, and then right down into the heart of the great mother, and then align us to the stargate above our head and to our spiritual connections through to the heart, we could say, of the galaxy. So holding us in, in a good place, a vertical place, we could say in a linear way, but will help us to align to a truth that is mine, that is yours. In other words, staying in touch with your integrity, your truth, your inner knowing. This is the way to go through this because a lot of the energy that's coming in at the moment is distracting us, delusional, confusing, perhaps truths, but it's really hard to work it all out at this time. And that's what I'm planning to try and help you with. So there are many stories going around. And the reason why everything's getting rather confusing <laughs> is that today we have Venus is conjunct Neptune, Venus and Neptune both in Pisces, and we have a Pisces new moon on the 19th, 20th of February. So there's a lot of Piscean energy around. And that's wonderful because it means you're unlimited, you're creative, you can merge with everything, and you are, can be addicted, and you can be delusional, and you can feel a little crazy. And I think a lot of this is going on. So Venus conjunct Neptune is very romantic. That's another part of Pisces, very romantic, very idealistic in romance. So I hope you had a good Valentine's Day. But it also can be so romantic that it loses touch with what reality is. In other words, we fall in love with love and we don't actually fall in love with the person. We fall in love with the potential of the person. So this is a time to really, if I may say, check your reality buttons. And maybe even though you may feel tremendously loving, um, just wait a few days until Venus has moved away from Neptune to be able to say any contracts need to be signed or, or even say, shall we marry? <laughs> these are times where you should just take a few breaths uh, before you go into these particular commitments. At the same time, as I say, we have a new moon coming up, 19th, 20th at the weekend. And once again, 
new beginnings. So what is it that you're dreaming about, wanting to put into action? But, you know, this is a time to make sure it just isn't a thought, uh, an idea. Has it got legs? Can it actually come into manifestation? Or is it just out there in the world and maybe one day? So perhaps, again, don't rush into anything too quickly. Now, putting aside the astrology, we then come down to some of the more, one could say, astronomical events that are happening. And I follow suspicious observers and Ben, who speaks on there, very down-to-earth gentleman who I really admire for the research he does about his YouTube uh, videos that he does every morning, worth watching. And I think he's nearly tearing his hair out as he hears some of the statements that are going out into the mainstream media. Uh, the first one was about that the core of the earth has stopped moving altogether and is reversing. Now, just to clarify for you all, there we have a core to our earth. The very solid part of that core is, is usually made of iron and other metals, very solid. Then there is a liquid core, which actually creates a lot of the magnetic field that we talk about weakening. So our magnetic field tends to come from that liquid part of the core. And then we have a mantle and then we have a crust. And over you know, hundreds of years, people have come to understand that the crust, the mantle and the core may not all move at the same time. So we could say that sometimes the crust is moving faster or slower than the mantle, et cetera, and so-called for the core. And what he says is that this is something that's been known for a long time. And sometimes the core appears to move faster than the mantle. And they call that, you know, super velocity. And what has been happening or has been noticed over the last few months is that the core is now not moving faster than the mantle. So what it's been recorded as is that the core is no longer moving. Well, no, that's not the truth. So the core is moving, the mantle is moving, the crust is moving. Basically, our whole earth is rotating. And as I say, the, the liquid core part is the part that gives us a magnetic field. There are a lot of radicals, a release of some of the chemicals or the, the metals into that liquid that gives um, uh, electromagnetic field. And then there are toruses or vortices within that field. So it's a very complex system. But it is that which is we are watching, um, changing, we could say, as we could say the magnetic field is weakening where there's not so much differentiation between a North and South Pole. So you could say the magnetic energy in that core is becoming weaker. And that is true, but it's definitely not that the core is actually stopped moving or even reversing. And the other piece of news that he <laughs> again tore his hair out about was the fact that the sun has flipped off a part of itself in the northern part of the sun and it's broken off and it was disaster. And as Ben says, this is actually something that happens within every solar cycle of 11 years. And no, a piece of the sun didn't break away. And if you just understand the sun isn't actually just an electromagnetic ball of energy. So it's not like some part of the earth suddenly disappeared. There's nothing solid in it. And such flares, as we saw recently, are not uncommon, even though the mainstream media said they are unprecedented. No, they're not. They occur. 
And these flares went up, go off in a direction. Unfortunately, they weren't particularly facing towards us, so we had no effect from it. So what I'm saying here is we are seeing sensationalism, and this is part of the Piscean energy, which is to make something, wow, disaster. <laughs> so just try and breathe through some of these pieces of news. You may choose not to watch the news at all. But when we are reading or hearing such things, even from people who seem to be respectful or respected <laughs> in their profession, try to go back to the source. Try to find the papers, even if you wanted to go that deep. Who wrote about this? And is who wrote about it a reliable source of information? And boy, should we all not be thinking about that after three years of COVID. What was the reliable source of information that led to this conclusion? And there is so much unreliable science that went into the whole lockdown, mask wearing, et cetera, et cetera. You may have seen the recent reports saying masks have you know, almost absolutely no uh, reliability to stopping a virus. And we always knew that. As someone said, it was like throwing sand at a, a barbed wire fence or a fence, you know, basic sand just goes through. And of course, what we're seeing is problems on the other side where people are getting infections in their mouth, bacterial infections in their lungs, et cetera, et cetera, because of breathing back their own air. And so the ability to actually understand a little bit more science than just saying stop doing something or start doing something is where we need to be working and not to just be reactive. So that's the astronomical side. Now we have this other fascinating side <laughs> of what's been going on in the sky about some balloons. And these are not party balloons. These have been big white weather balloons, they call them, going at 40,000 feet above the plains. And there is so much mystery. So one side of this, of course, well, I suppose one side could be it's coming from a foreign force within this planet. One side could be it's coming from a ET force and could be seen as a UFO or a UAP. These are another scenarios. Or they could be false flags. They could be coming from, let's say, United States, United Kingdom, i.e. we've often done things like this before. Or they may not be even existing for what we all know. And, it, it, and the reason is that we need to be asking ourselves is why is this happening now? On one level, I think I just want to get this out of the way. It could just be a distraction. We know that some big events have happened in the past that have been a distraction from something else needing to be hidden or something else happening that everybody didn't want you to look in that direction, wanted to look in another direction. All right, now that, whether you believe that or not, that's been happening for many, many years, many decades. And what can be looked at as a disaster in one area misses out what could say a, long more, a longer term disaster in another. And that's been happening. Governments will set that up. The second part of this is that, as you have heard me speak about, we know that we are going to have increasing contact with ETs, with star people, with our star families. And if you can just keep remembering that when I speak about it, I don't speak about them and us. It's us and us. So this isn't them coming from somewhere to help little old us. 
This is, is us meeting our star family, our star beingness. So the wakening up of our DNA, the activation, is happening at the same time that we may get some sort of activation for in our external environment, i.e. some UFO, UAP sort of experience where we see something. And that's where, even though we're saying, yes, we're going to get more first contact over 2023, certainly right through to 25, 26, I'm saying we're really talking about it being much more active in 25 and 26. Why not now? And the response of people who have been looking at this, such as Dr. Stephen Greer, others who have said, the very first response of any nation towards what could be very friendly star people is let's shoot them down. And that's what we're seeing now. We say immediately, let's just shoot this down. We don't need to know what it is. We just shoot it down. Now, you could say, well, they're shooting it down because they think it's coming from, I'll say, China. But they don't know, and they've, they've shot one down, but the others, they're not, they've shot down, but now they don't know what they are and who sent them. And this makes me really very suspicious that they have no knowledge of what these are and where they're coming from. Partly because this has happened before, last year, a few years. And the question has to be, what, have we not gathered enough data now to work out what's happening? Now, I'm going to come back to the sophistication of the ETs, so don't get lost here. But on this level of sending a big white balloon, <laughs> there are so many other ways that we could actually observe this, move it aside, pass it. We, we don't need to shoot something down. We have drones up that high. We have, we have planes that could easily detect what's going on. So there is a lot of mystery about, A, why aren't they shot down? B, why are they shot down? What have they found? Who are they? That's just about these white balloons. Now, there have been thousands of reports of UAPs that now, in the last few years, the Pentagon and others have said, we have no idea about this small group. We, we, it wasn't us. It wasn't a weather balloon. It wasn't. But that's where they, as far as they've gone. So they're saying, okay, so these are very unusual. They can move in and out of sight. They can move in directions we didn't think they could. There doesn't seem to be any level of propulsion. And I have to say, some of the military that are talking about these balloons are saying very much that. They seem to interfere with our recordings. We could, we, our machinery didn't work. They didn't seem to have a means of propulsion. This may well be something that's coming from, we could say, outer space. But at the same time, there's an awful lot that I keep saying we already know about, or our military already know about, that we're not being told about. They already have that understanding of using plasma, anti-gravity, etc., much of which they have learned from capture or help from ETs. So for a good decades, different groups have been working on technology that comes from more sophisticated civilizations and have created technology, planes, whatever we want to call them, that 
we, me, the simple little person doesn't know anything about. So it's really hard to know, is this something that, that man has created with the help of technology techno or AI, or is this purely ET, or has it got nothing to do with that? It's just pure distraction. Now, there was a pro process called uh, Blue Beam, and Blue Beam, we don't actually think, went into process, which was to project holographically images onto the world. Uh, initially, it was thought if they put holographic images of a Messiah, a Jesus, a Buddha, whatever, that then the followers would all say, well, it, you know, we all now need to worship these beings. And that would then equate to a lot of followers following an individual and doing whatever that individual said from a holographic point of view. Now, there's no evidence that these balloons have anything to do with Blue Beam, but it's, it's, there, in the, it's there as an idea. However, the thought, interestingly enough, is again a Piscean idea that if you can rouse up enough followers of whatever, uh, a soccer team, a political team, a religious, you can get a group of people to just follow without question. And guess what? That's already happening. <laughs> so they've proved they can get people to follow whether they, it's a hologram or not. And in truth, there's a lot of thoughts that we're already seeing holographic images of those that we think are live and well. Again, don't want to go down that road. But the whole idea of simulation, whether we have a simulated environment that I'm seeing out there or a simulated environment in an individual, it's happening now. Holograms are well and truly um, already on their way. And that's what a simulation is. If you've ever seen a hologram, you think it's real until you touch it. And recently in one of my dreams, I was being told that when I look out at the night sky, which I can see beautifully from here, it may not be in the night sky because a UFO can appear with what looks like the stars, a night sky, the stars in the sky. And so it was literally cloak itself with a holographic image of the night sky. And I thought, why not? Why not? I've, you know, I remember Joan Ocean talking about that sometimes when you look out to the night sky and you actually see only darkness, you don't see the stars. That's a UFO. But I also like my idea, which is why not the UFOs create just a hologram and be able to say that you think you're seeing the night sky, but you're not really. So there's so much that we are only now glimpsing ideas. And if you want to go back and watch a Star Trek or, or any of those films, the Star, you know, those Star Wars, they often were predicting the sorts of ideas we'd have. And there they had holodecks, etc. So my last piece on this is, okay, so we want, we know that contact is going to be happening, but it doesn't have to come in a flashy, a, a plane that's got flashy lights. My understanding through my own guidance, my own star family, is that they have no need for some vehicle to flash in and out of our atmosphere. And the only time when we sometimes see that flash of light, often behind a cloud, and you often see these specific clouds building up, 
that have that sort of contact with them, that they use the, the, the fluid or I mean, actually the hydrogen oxygen within the cloud, the water, to actually change dimensions. That's what I hear. Again, not being particularly uh, conversant with how hydrogen bonding or ions work, but I know that that has a lot of power in it to help something move from one dimension to another, which is why we often see clouds around sacred sites, or we often see water, they're often near water streams, water rivers, or moats. And as a child, I used to say to my parents, why do the clouds all follow me? And I used to think, it's just, I mean, I used to say that, and then I realized I've never been too far from my star people. And I certainly used to visit them as a very tiny baby um, when I went out of my body and went to my star family. So I have a lot of connection with these beings. And if you ask me who they are, it doesn't matter to me. I just trust them and I know they love me and I love them. And that's what we're going to do in our meditation. So as first contact comes or contact comes with these star beings, I'm asking you not to try and see them in some sort of movie style. They've either got to have the big eyes or the five fingers, six fingers. Feel their energy, resonate with them through their energy. Imagine that their, their vessel, and this is what I hear so much, is that their, their star vessel doesn't have to be a solid form. It literally is a consciousness in its own right. It is alive. And that's what so many have spoken about when they've been close to these vessels, is you touch your finger towards these vessels and, the, and it might pull away from you, just like a person would pull away from you, because it doesn't trust you. And that when you come with a loving heart, it literally, the vessel itself, the, the consciousness of this vessel will meet you, resonate with you and talk to you. And as I'm talking about that, I hope you understand that's the same as our physical body. Our physical body is a UFO. Well, we could say it's a flying object or a landed object. Literally, our physical body is our own personal UFO. It is our vessel, our vehicle, and it is conscious, and it is wise, and it doesn't always like us when we talk badly to it. We have to make peace with it. But once we strengthen that physical body, and that's what we're doing by developing our light body, we then develop our conscious body through which our conscious mind and soul can move around through the dimensions. All in all, I'm saying is, don't be distracted by all the noise. Don't get lost in other people's fears and anxieties. Don't trust the little chatter because they don't know. And be aware that the truth is that we need to make sure that our armies, our military do not go against these beings who are coming as our family to be with us at this time. This is the new pandemic. What can we destroy? What enemy do we fear? This is the new enemy. And the new enemy cannot be our family, our star family. We need to make sure that we strengthen our connections so we stop just going to war against everything that threatens us or allow the warmongers to take us that place. And just remember, 
Coming into March, we have Chiron in Aries, Jupiter in Aries. This, we have to stop those who benefit from war taking us to war. Majority, big, big majority of beings, people on this planet, do not want to go to war. I would say 90, 90, 90, 90% would not want to go to war. It is a small proportion that are allowed to destroy the lives of people for their sakes, for their gains. And we have to stop doing that. And the wars can come in many forms. They don't have to come in a physical war. They can become a mental war. They can come a psychological war. And unfortunately, we now have weapons of destruction that can take out civilizations without ever being seen that anybody has been involved. And that has to stop. And so not on that sad note, but for on that happy note, that strong note, let's go into a meditation. And as always, if you're not able to go into this meditation now, please save it to later so you can close your eyes safely. Please to close your eyes. Take a few short breaths in, long out breath, please. Breathing away all the thinking that I've been taking you into. Breathe those thoughts down into the ground. You can pick them up later. Still the mind. Enter the heart. And your heart is connected to all, but first connected to your own truth, your own soul's resonance. Every time it beats, you're being reminded of your own inner truth. Take your awareness down to your feet. Uh, some of you just if you haven't got your feet on the ground that's a good time to swing your feet onto the earth and see if you can feel your feet on the ground your toes your heels imagine you have a magnet on the soles of your feet a larger magnet in Mother Earth, and she is pulling you into her. And this is not a Mother Earth related to, I didn't want to be here, I don't want to be here, can I leave? This is the consciousness of the Earth Mother, Gaia. She is your mother. This is where you were born from as you feel that magnetic pull, she's pulling you into her center, her heart. You find yourself developing roots that take you through what we call the root chakra, the star chakra, uh, the earth child chakra. Your roots know where to go, they go right to the heart like the arteries that take you right to the heart. 
of the Earth Mother. And you find that her pulse is slower. You feel the peace as you align to her pulse. keep your pulse but there's a resonance between the two different octaves we could say a harmonic resonance and from her heart and the connection to your heart you see her sending arteries out of her heart not only to you, but to all around the world. And she meets the roots of all the trees, all the plants, the mycelial network of the earth, the fungi that run beneath the earth, over beneath the surface. We could say running in the crust of Mother Earth, the skin. And with her arteries, her roots, entering all these places, entering into the roots of the plants and trees, etc. We stabilize the earth energy. We stabilize it in places where there have been earthquakes, volcanoes, disruptions to the earth for whatever reason. Imagine these roots just stabilizing the movements of the plates. And it stabilizes it in the name of love, of harmony. And you stabilize yourself. And through those arteries, you connect only, not only to the plant kingdoms, but to every human being, those who live in joy, live in suffering. We connect to all of them. We feed them with that love, Mother Earth. We touch heart to heart, telling them they're not alone. We draw our energy up from Mother Earth's heart, from Gaia's heart, up along through the star, the Earth child star root chakra, up along our legs, up into our body, bringing that love with it, that reconnection, repairing into our own hearts, and up through our throat chakra, third eye, out through the crown and we go up through a rainbow to what is known as the star child above our head the chakra there stargate you see it like a rainbow or rainbow ladder and as we pass through that portal once again we see this rays of energy 
passing out. This is where we connect to our star family. We connect to the frequencies of our higher DNA. We go directly through the sun to the galactic center, the heart of the galaxy, the heart of the Great Mother. And she welcomes us through all the confusion and the dust that we may have come through. We're now connecting the galactic heart to our heart, to the heart of Mother Earth. Above, below, below, above. And we see her, the galactic heart, sending out arteries, rays of light to all the stars that exist within her, her cells, you could say. She's stabilizing the energy around her. To all the doorways that are opening, she's stabilizing them. There are challenges happening, both beneath our feet and above our heads. Once we keep these connections going, the light flows. There is a united energy. Nobody wishes for war or conflict. What we do to each other, we do to ourselves. We bring love, we bring peace, we bring harmony. So once again, from the above, through our heart to the below, from the below to our heart to the above, we stand in our truth, we stand in the light, we stand in love, together, united. And slowly in your own time, please to bring your awareness back into the room where you are. There's no rush in your own time to open your eyes, but I will send many blessings till we meet again. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the HeartSpeak Podcast with Dr. Christine Page. Please check out all HeartSpeak episodes in the podcast archive section on www.christinepage.com. HeartSpeak is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and now playing on Amazon Music and iHeartRadio. You can also watch the Archive Podcast on Christine's channel on YouTube and now on Rumble. Connect with Christine on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook, including her newest Facebook group, The Great Mother Calling. Do share with family, friends, colleagues. Join us next time for another edition of HeartSpeak.